Hey there, welcome to the Game Artist Podcast. My name is Ryan Kingsline. I am the founder of Vertex School, where we train creatives for the career of their lives. In this podcast, we interview amazing creatives to see what makes them tick and see how they got where they are today. So sit back, relax. I look forward to sharing their journey with you. All right. Okay, Matthias. So uh, I have with uh, we have with us Matthias Develtier here. Uh, thank you so much for joining. Yeah, thanks for having me. <laughs> Absolutely. So why don't we start the conversation? Give us a sense of what you do today. So you're a 3D artist at Machine Games. What does it mean to be a 3D artist? Uh, well, at Machine Games, it means uh, basically a, a wide variation of things. Um, the nice thing about Machine Games is that you get to do a lot of different things. Yeah. One day you could be doing a vehicle. Second day you could be doing a robot. It's basically if you if you were to do something, you just ask for it, and if you're lucky, you get to do it. So you get a lot of freedom and yeah. chance to experiment a bit. So yeah, that's great. So um, which, uh, what did you do before you were at Machine Games? Uh, nothing. I actually uh, it's my first job. So uh, I started. I think when I was um, I think 21, 21. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the age. Yeah. Awesome. Well so, then, uh, we're now going to know how old you are because the next question is, you know, how long have you been at Machine Games? <laughs> uh, four years. Four years now. <laughs> awesome. So I'm 25. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, before that, you. I went to, yeah, sorry, sorry. No, I, well, I was going to ask, um, what did you do education-wise before this? Like, how, what were the steps to get you in? Yeah, well, uh, I went, when I was 18 years old, I went to uh, um, game school in mm -hmm. Belgium. Yeah. Uh, it was not really specifically based on, on, on becoming a TD artist, but it was more on becoming a technical artist. So mm -hmm. basically learning everything a bit, which was not really my thing. So uh, after two years, I just quit the school and I... Um, well, I locked myself up in my room and I made a portfolio on my own for like eight months. Wow. And after that, I just uh, applied at uh, different companies and I got into machine games. Um, so I went to the, the whole school thing, but it wasn't, ju it wasn't just working for me. Um, I'm not the, I, I knew I, what I wanted to do. So I, I, I didn't want to do math. I didn't want to do pre-production or post-production or whatever. I really wanted to do 2D. And that's what I focused on on my own. So sweet. Do you um, have uh, do you have some of your portfolio still on art, your art station? Yeah, I think uh, my art station. Um, my failed things that I actually made during that one year where I was like, I'm gonna lock myself up in my room and I'm gonna make my own portfolio. Um, can you guys see this? Mm -hmm. Okay. So uh, what I did for myself was uh, every month I would give myself a, a challenge. So I would be like, every month I, I wanted to make one portfolio piece. Um, and back in those days, I don't know if it's still active that much, but Polycount was quite big because our station was not around the corner at that yeah. point. Yeah. So uh, I would try to get into the Polycount recap every month. So every month I would try to make a vehicle. So this was the first one. And then after that, I made this one. Uh, the month after that one, I made this one. Um, and all of them got into the Polycount recap, which kind of gave me a lot of momentum, I think, yeah. and also uh, visibility in the industry. Sure. And it kept me going as well because I was like, okay, got in, I got in, the, in this one. I need to get in the, ne the next one. So... Yeah, uh, I think this was the last one. So basically I had uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight vehicles. Um, and that was my portfolio. And um, I also made one environment, which was this one. Um, basically just to show that next to high polys, I could also make low polys, high polys, bake them, texturing, basically the whole pipeline and try to make something look presentable. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a little presentable. It's a little. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So so you start basically you did one model every single month. Talk to me though about yeah. this because um if I'm looking at the work, the early stuff, and you, you guys can head over to ArtStation um if you're listening to the to just the audio only version. Uh but if I'm I'm looking at this, 
you know, this is very high res, very high resolution. So talk to me about your construction approach to this, because this is one of the things I think people have, um, they get confused about in the beginning is they focus on low res and I want to get it in the game, you know, all of this stuff. Uh, number one, were you at all focused on that or were you just focused on making cool models? Um, it's a combination, basically. The first couple of months, I didn't make any high-polys. What I did on my own was I just learned the basics, how mm -hmm. to make a decent high-poly, make a decent low-poly, and bake it. Mm -hmm. And that was not done with these things, but uh, I don't have them on my station. But basically, it was stuff like, uh, let's take some new stuff. It was basically things like this. I would basically shit these things out, like, every day, like 10 props, just to keep practicing and keep the momentum going. Uh, so it was just little props every day for a couple of months. Yeah. Uh, but I never showed that to... I never put that online. Um, so afterwards, I was like, I I know I can do the whole process. So I just focused on hypos. And maybe that was not a good thing, but it got me the job that I wanted to. Because I knew machine games was like, well, machine games quite mental if it comes to making insane insanely detailed models mm -hmm. so uh, i focused on making high polys uh but then i of course like i said i made this one just to show that i could do the whole low poly high poly process um but if it came to details um yeah i just picked some vehicles that i, I knew that was super detailed and i tried to add some storytelling to them so i i did not want to go for like just your standard um beetle car I, I just want to do something special like oh let's put some bags on that or make it look like a racing car or something mm -hmm. uh just to show that you could you could take a really boring vehicle and make it something in interesting and add some story elements to it. Same with this, like I was like, okay, let's let's not make a tank. Let's not only make a tank, but also put a lot of props on it and show you that you can make variation. Like, okay, the tank is hard surface, but you could do some organic stuff as well on it. So Right. Yeah, throw in some cloth and okay. Yeah, got exactly. It. Okay, but now how do you manage all these separate parts and pieces? Do you kit bash them together? What what's your mindset when you're doing this? Are you trying to do everything the right way? Or are you trying to, you know, um first of all i must say like all these pops on it were actually the pops that i practiced on on uh, making low poly and high poly so i made some jerrycans baked them and i was like oh i, I got this jerrycans laying around let's let's use them and just put them on the model same as like there's a lot of trash in there um i just added to the model but normally i just start searching for a vehicle and i, I sit down and i'm like okay how am i going to make this look interesting so i was like oh let's take this one uh let's make an uh escape car so i'm like okay what would they take with them so they would take their fridge with them or their microwave so uh, i made a microwave and that's it. But of course, the car, the car would go come first, and then we'd just start adding storytelling elements to it. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, great. And it's basically, it's basically a lot of just generic props, and then just being like, okay, how can I fit this into making this a storytelling vehicle? Basically, yeah. Well, the modeling is just really amazing. So, what I'm, you know, what I'm trying to understand is, you know, what is your approach? Um, for modeling and what advice do you have for people who are beginning and, and, you know, is there any common mistakes that people make where they overthink something or they oversimplify something, you know, what advice do you have for somebody who's starting out and they want, you know, basically your life? Yeah, you know? to get to that level. Uh, what I would say is um, I would always start with realistic stuff. So don't try to go sci-fi or design your own stuff from the beginning. First of all, that you can take a picture and turn that picture into a one-to-one -one reference, one-to-one -one model. Uh, but at the same time, I would say don't get too focused on the small details, which is a problem I sometimes have. Like you would spend a lot of time making a small detail and then you zoom out and you don't see it. It's like, mm -hmm. well, that's one hour of wasting time. But uh, I would just suggest take a, make something from real life and show that you, you, you know how measurements work or you know how to eyeball stuff, basically that stuff. Um, do you eyeball always... or, or do you have a measurement process? Uh, at the beginning, I did a lot of uh, blueprints, okay. but then I was like, 
at some point I was like, when, when I'm going to work in the industry and I'm going to make sci-fi stuff for Wolfenstein, for example, I'm not going to get blueprints. Um, yeah. I got one blueprint during the whole process of Wolfenstein, which was for one of the robots, but all the other stuff was just, oh, you got perspective going, make it work. So after blueprints, I just started just to eyeball stuff. Um, yeah, I, I'm not a guy to actually make block arts because uh, I know I'm not going to stick to block arts. Mm-hmm. It's a terrible thing. I'd, <laughs> I'm pretty sure you should not fit, tell your students don't make block arts because, I mean, you make them for a reason. So animation department knows, knows the measurements so they can start experimenting with the gig and skinning mm-hmm. and stuff. Yeah. Uh, but personally, for me, it doesn't work. And luckily, when it comes to the stuff I have to make, most of it doesn't have to be gig or skin. So I don't have to make a block art. Uh, I can just say, wait a couple of weeks and you're going to get the final model. <laughs> just put a cube in the map for... Well, yeah, um, yeah. So, what's your strategy then? You just work on part on the pieces and then build it from the pieces. Yeah, uh, let me show you. That's why I had this one open. Um, let me show you the one I'm gonna use as an example now. Um, All right. There we go. Uh, this one was a big one to do. So, this is the I had to make transport um, in yeah. uh, Wolfenstein too. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it was okay. a big, massive piece. Um, it was like eight meters high uh, and six meters tall. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, wide uh So yeah, for that one, I I made a blockard, which is quite hilarious. I think that that was blockard I did because I really didn't want to spend a lot of time on it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Super simple, but so, with um, bevels. Yeah, super simple. <laughs> Sorry. I said, but with bevels, you know, you got some. Yeah, exactly. Like, like some nice highlights. <laughs> no, but uh, that was a. That was a block I did, um, just to, just so we knew that how big is it? Does it fit in the street? But that was it. There was nothing more than can the player climb on climb on it? Can he crawl underneath it? But that mm-hmm. was it. So after that, I never looked at it again. Uh, I was like, you guys got your blocker. I'm gonna not follow it now. I'm just gonna try to make it as close as possible to that blocker. So what I do most of the time is I uh, I just make details first. It's a really strange process, but I don't make the big shapes first. I make a lot of small things. Mm-hmm. Uh, what it does for me is I don't like you see they're not even up to scale. They just I see a piece in the concept. I'm like, oh, uh, this looks cool. I'm gonna make this. Uh, what is what I'm doing this is because for me it gives me a push in the back to be like, okay, you got this done. Next on to the next one. Yeah. Um, it's basically once you get the details done. It's just a big shape. You basically have to connect them up with each other. So that's why I'm doing this. Because I know, like, when I um, when I have these done, I can start placing them where I think they should be. And I'm like, okay, the space between these two pieces is maybe not long enough. Let's move them out a bit. And when I'm when I know they are in the correct position, then I start connecting up with the big shapes, basically. Interesting. So uh, yeah, it's a really safe process because you have to imagine that if your lead comes over and he's like, can you show me the tube test? But you're like, yeah, this is it. It's like the fuck is this shit? You know? <laughs> I know, right? That's, that's it's the like, question. <laughs> yeah, it's like, trust me, it's going to work, but give me time. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's uh, saving this minute. So, yeah, uh, so what happens is, um, so, yeah, then I just start uh, doing the big shapes, uh, which is the RDs. So, if I just, oh, it's attached, damn it. But, yeah, it's basically just these shapes that just got added at the end. Um, how the model looks like is just like this then. Uh, oh, that's wrong. There we go. So, I just start placing things where I think they should be. And then I start connecting them up with the big shapes. It is a really strange process. Even when I'm talking about now, I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. But that's how I do it. <laughs> it's For me, it's just easy to make the details and be like, okay, all the, the hard stuff is done. Now I just yeah. make the big shape and it's there. So yeah. um, And so what's the concept look like? The, like, how are you knowing how to place these? What's the concept look like at this stage? Uh, you mean the concept art? Or, yeah. I think that one is actually, uh, yeah, this was the concept. So... Um, Wow. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I just, I just see the big shapes, uh, the, the the small details, sorry, and I just pick those out and yeah. I just make them, and then uh, that's it. 
it's really strange right now, but that's how I work. Yeah. Uh, it's just completely different from what I did before. Before, we, when I make a car, I do the big shit. But um, if it comes to massive piece like this, I'm like, oh, no, I, I need to do the small things. I need a push in the back so I, I can comfort myself. Like, okay, this is done. Next, on to the next one. That's um, great because yeah. it can be overwhelming, I think, when um, people start. They look exactly. at this and they're like, oh, my God. So they block it out. Exactly. And, and then they're like done with the first three feet of it and they're like, oh, shit. Yeah, and then, and then you start wondering, like, is this the correct size? Is this – and you could keep changing stuff all the time. While doing yeah. the details, you're like, okay, you know what? I'm going to make this fuse box. Yeah. Fuse box done. I know this is correct size. Let's do a hatch. You know, a hatch is a circle. You do this, the hatch. You place the hatch in the correct position. That way you start seeing the big shape and that that's how you can relate the details to each other. Like, okay, the space between is not big enough. Mm -hmm. Well, that means I need to move this piece. Um, yeah, it's like you said, doing big, the big shapes, you can you could keep working on it for hours and tweaking it. And then, yeah, uh, it doesn't work for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, that is awesome. And uh, it's interesting because this this concept is is great, but it's actually, you know, still very implied in some cases. Like some yeah. of those hatches um, lines. It's very funny because the concept of the back was even a, a sketch, which I love because you can get more freedom to do that. Uh, what, what happens at machine games, you get a sketch for the front, but you don't get one for the back. Yeah. Well, sorry, what I'm saying, you get one for the front, which is fully painted like this one, but the back is a sketch. So it's like just do the back in the same style. Mm -hmm. um, that's how it works, which is a lot of fun because, yeah, like I said, the, the amount of freedom you get in machine games is insane. Um, you just get a lot of time to experiment. Yeah. Got it. So if we're looking at your models, like when you're doing the details, are you thinking from a high, high, high polygon approach, a low polygon approach, a medium polygon approach? Like how do you um, start structuring I, these? I never think about actually, um, is, is it going to be performance heavy if, if it comes to the high poly? The only thing I think about is, is this going to be easy to make the low poly out of? So when you see these pieces, they look detailed, but I can see boxes in them. So it's easy for me to bake them. Uh, that's the main thing I think about. It's I need to be able to bake this down really easy. Uh, I can spend a week on the high poly, but then the low poly for this beast was actually done in two days, which okay. is insane when you think about it. Cause it's like, that's that's I think how you should make something. If you can make a high, nice high poly, but it has to be really easy to make a low poly out. It's it's for games. So it's it's not about the nice picture. It's about the, the thing that gets into the game. Yeah. So, um, so everything has to be baked down to, well, I'm not going to say to a box, but to an easy shape. So, um, uh, yeah, like this is just, everything looks flat if you see it like this. Mm -hmm. um, but when you start zooming in, there's a lot of detail. So, uh, so but yeah, but if it comes to high poly, I really don't think about performance. Um, that's why I do everything but like clean topology and stuff. It is super expensive. I think you saw the loading loading time. It's, it's, it's massive, but... Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and do you, uh, I mean, do you model for smooth or do you like, uh, do you model it so that it smooths into the proper shape or do you try to put all the geometry in there by hand? Um, I do it all by hand. Uh, I like to just, I take my time for stuff basic. Um, mm -hmm. I don't mind to, to clean up my topology and just move stuff again. And, uh, I'm, 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 I'm a guy that likes to work in a non-destructive way. So I would, uh, that's why I like Max. Um, just add a lot of modifiers and just keep tweaking stuff and make an instance and work on the instance and rotate that. And I don't know. If it comes to a massive piece like this, I don't like to take any chances. I, I like to play it safe. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you use Booleans or anything like that or just try to push things together or try to figure out I the don't topology? Actually, yeah, I don't actually use Booleans. The only time I use Booleans is for low poly. Um, it's more of a principle for me. Um, 
I know bullions are pretty insane, like with, same with Modo when you get the edge shader. Uh, it's so easy to just shove things into each other and bake it. Yeah. But I, I have some sense of pride that I want to make it look nice. Oh, well, I, not nice, but I, I want to be able to show the wife and be like, yeah, this is all done by hand. It took a lot of time. Um, yeah, I'm sorry for that. Not a word. Yeah, so everything is uh, done by hand and it, it takes a lot of time, but so it, it comes with pride. So I get that you've got all the pieces and I, and I, I love the strategy because, you know, I, I know from uh, experience trying to do these kinds of things can be incredibly overwhelming. Um, yeah. But how, how do you start to uh, build it all together? How do you so I, I'm looking here at all, all these things assembled. How do you start to bridge these pieces? Do you go in and just do you go back to your um, to your block in or do you just start to, no. you know, uh, what do you do? What happened over here was that I started at the, the bottom. I don't think if you can see my mouse. Yeah, I see your mouse. Um, yeah. So uh, I just started with this box shape. So I was like, okay, this is box. And I just started working my way down. Yeah. And I, what I did was, uh, I was quite afraid with this one. I just saw four levels. I'm like, okay, this is one level, two levels, three levels, four levels. So I just started working my way up. Okay. Um, first thing I did was actually the suspension. Um, I don't have that one, I think. But, uh, well, I have the image, but. Um, this one, I was like, oh, this could be a module uh, for the, the vehicle. So that's the first thing I did. And by placing those at the bottom, I knew, okay, this is this is the the, the length of it. So I'm like, okay, uh, that's, that was a nice way of actually checking then, okay, is this actually the length I have? Uh, and then I just started working my way up. But um, I'm not a guy to start working all over the place. Mm -hmm. uh, I, like I said, I start at the bottom and I work my way up. Um, and I cross my fingers that at the end, when I get to the top level, everything matches up. Uh, yep. Yeah. Awesome. That's pretty intense. Okay, so for you, um, right now when you're dealing with this, you'd like to start with the parts. Uh, when you were working with the pieces, uh, or with the um, the uh, poly count things early on developing your portfolio, you just kind of built these things up, you know, from a base and uh, a block in and kind of refined it, right? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, that was done like the traditional way that like everything, I guess, does uh, block out, uh, making the nice high poly. Yeah, uh, adding props at the end. Okay, um, So what is it um, about the, the work that you did early on? What Did um, did uh, Machine Games ever tell you like what they really liked about their model? What were the elements that really helped you get that job? And, and what I'm looking for here is I have this notion that there are triggers that when people look at them, they are, there's something that says professional, not professional. Yeah, uh, for me, what I, the only thing I really remember from my interview that they said was that they, they, they were searching for a vehicle artist at that point. So mm -hmm. my, my portfolio was based on vehicles, so that was a big win, mm -hmm. and on hard surface stuff. So, But what they were saying that won them over was the fact that I made, oh, this is not a good example, but uh, I made both exterior and in interior, mm. which for them, really, I don't know why, but for them it meant it was, you had some sort of certain skill that you could match them up with each other. Okay. Um, that's and the amount of detail, basically. Um, yeah, so that's what I would always, I'd, I would suggest to students as well, if you make a vehicle, go all the way, show, make the outside, made the inside. Uh, for example, for a car, the inside is made out of fabrics most of the time, or kind of organic. So that way you can actually show off some of the sculpting skills you have as well. Um, yeah. Okay. All uh, right. And then over here, what I did as well is I just made some iterations just to show that if you have a vehicle in the game, just by adding different props on it, you could actually have something different. Um, yeah. So tell me about what a, an average day looks like at machine games. You know, are you going in? Do you have meetings? Do you go in and just go right to your computer and go right to work? Are you working on projects that you know you, you've had uh, you've had on going for a while? 
Um, uh, most of the time, uh, what we have in the morning is a stand-up with the producer. So what happens is that we work in certain pots. So it's basically a couple of environmental artists, a uh, couple of TD artists, uh, combat scripter, uh, scripter, a level designer. And we just stand up and we just say what we're going to do for the day. And that way we all we all are aware of what we are doing on that certain map. So I would be like, I'm going to make this prop for this map. Um, the level designer would be like, okay, could you make it, make, make sure it, it's one meter long or something, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, basically, it's, it's, it's in a way so we, there's no miscommunication at the beginning right. of the day. Um, and that's when the flex is like, okay, maybe don't do that prop. There's some, some more important stuff to do or could you help me out with this? But uh, normally it's just like, uh, it's a bit strange. Well, I don't know if it's strange, but it's like, it's a lot of like, you get a lot of freedom, like I said. So it's like, if I feel like we need another car, I can make another car for machine games. Um, that's the nice thing. Um, at the same time, it comes with like sometimes you you think, oh, we need ten more cars. Well, we don't need ten more cars. Uh, <laughs> so uh, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of freedom at machine games. So basically, you do what you want to do, what you think is good for the project. Uh, but at the same time, that's where we had the stand up, so the whole room can talk about it. Like, okay, I don't think we need this. We need this instead. It's like, okay, let me do this for you guys. Then uh, that's how it works. How do they? Um, how do they hold you accountable for that, or or themselves? Do they then like uh, mark it down somewhere and then check in with you? You know, how are you doing? Yeah, the project? yeah. That's that's why we uh, we got producers doing stand up, so it's all written down in hand software. Like, okay, this is gonna take me two days. Well, okay, uh, you got two days. Well, it's not like after two days it has to be done, but there's some sign off, some some sign off uh, follow up on it. Mm -hmm. um, but again, um, if 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 you feel the need to work longer, well, then just work a bit longer to get it finished. But nobody's gonna be angry at you when, if you need an, an extra day to make it. Of course, um, yeah. Got it. How long do do? Let's start with the vehicle. So, for if so, yeah. anybody can head over to your art station and see, like, how long are these vehicles usually given? Are they a four week, a two week, one week kind of deal, or longer? Uh, that's the nice thing. The producers themselves are not going to say like, "Oh, you got two weeks for this." They actually ask you for like, "How long do you think it's going to take you?" Mm -hmm. um, and that they actually, actually they just calculate some extra days in advance. So if if something would happen or you you you, you fall sick or something, right? But most of the time, I would uh, I would say. Um, Oh, sorry, my computer's a bit lagging. But uh, I would say the high points for these cars were like, I think two days for the exterior and one and a half day for the interior and then maybe two days for the low poly. So I would say almost a full, basically a full week to get a whole car done, uh, five to six days um, to get the car done. Uh, and then maybe an extra day to set up the bakeable so it, it's exploitable and yeah, we can use it in, uh, in the game. Okay, got it. Yeah. And, and are you working six days usually, five days? Does it... Uh, five days. Uh, we got at machine games. We got a policy of no weekend. We don't work in the weekends, so uh, you're not allowed uh, to come in during the weekend. You, really? You actually have to ask for permission for that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which is pretty cool. Um, but at the same time, they don't mind if you take homework with you. You just have to ask for access to uh, yeah, you have to ask for access to uh, to the website and upload and download your models. Uh, cool. but yeah, uh, five days a day. Five days, a, five days a week, sir. I've been over here grilling you on all the um, game stuff, and you've been awesome about answering that. But uh, what else do you do outside of you know work and games uh, and, and all of this work? Do you have anything else that you do to kind of refresh and recharge? Well, that was the problem uh, last year. Last year, I worked a lot on Wolfenstein. Yeah. Uh, I worked like 16 hours a day for uh, for a whole year, which wow. kind of took a, a toll on me. Yeah. Uh, I would say like a small, uh, uh, you say, uh, what would be the word? Uh, how do you say it now? Uh, 
Ah, damn it, I can't come up with a word. <laughs> uh, well, I was basically, I was a bit down uh, after burnout. Um, yeah, burnout, that's it, damn it. <laughs> burnout. Yeah. Uh, but I think it's gone now. Um, so I just try to work out a bit more, uh, go jogging, walking, uh, that sort of stuff. Uh, but otherwise, uh, I like to just do some personal work as well. Um, my personal, I try to get myself into some different art style, uh, not that much Wolfenstein related, but it's hard to get out of it. Uh, if you work on, on Wolfenstein for like four years now, it's hard to turn the switch and do something completely different. Mm -hmm. So it takes a lot of time to get to find my own style. Uh, so that's what I'm doing there in the free time. Um, basically turning different things out. Um, that's the nice thing. And at the office, I use Modo. At home, I use Max. So uh, it, uh, for me, it helps to switch off and just do something, something in a completely different work style or work method. Huh, I like that because yeah. the program is so much of your environment. It's almost like you're in a different studio probably. Yeah, exactly. It's sometimes at the beginning, you, you got a, it's it's strange because you get home and you want to use your shortcuts from the office. It's like, oh, that this is this is different software. <laughs> yeah. But at, 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 it's it's the same. It's too. It's like you get home and it's it's the switch. You it's like, oh, look, I'm at home. No office stuff. Uh, it's Max, just traditional stuff. Um, right. Yeah, uh, that's that's the way I uh, I got access. Like, just make more stuff <laughs> for them in a completely different way. Uh, now you said that you're yeah. working like you're working on your own style, your own vision, and all of that. So you know, how do you because well, let me ask it this way. So do you ever run into any kind of frustration and where you're just like you're just not getting what you want? And if you do, how all do you <laughs> yeah, right? How do you deal with that? Because you know, as artists, that that frustration can, can become very personal. It can become very deep. You know, and you're dealing with it at work. Are you dealing with it at home? You know, what is your strategy for dealing with that? Uh, most of the time. The nice thing is when when I feel I'm blocked, like, okay, this is looking way too much like Wolfenstein, or this is just more of the same stuff over and over again, which I still feel like if, when I see my stuff now, I'm looking at it, yeah. it's like, everything looks the same to me. Yeah. Uh, so what I'm doing is I got some really good colleagues and I would just ask them straight away, like, what is shit about this? And the nice thing is they, they don't hold back. They're like, oh, you use way too many bolts or you always use the same uh, fuse boxes or the same cables or whatever, or the same color scheme. So that's the nice thing. And, and I'm trying to get away from that, but for sure, there's a lot of frustrations that come with making stuff, especially if it comes to complicated stuff, because uh, you have to deal with so many different people as well, uh, animation department, uh, concept artist. Uh, but at the same time, I think at the end, it's, you're all going for the same end goal, make a really awesome game. So at the end, you just compromise with each other. Uh, <laughs> so it's not like a big fight, but yeah. Uh, but if it comes to personal work, uh, I just try to shut down my, my work from the office and basically not do anything like the moment I start thinking, Oh, this could, this could be, this is something I could see in Wolfstone. I'm like, okay, I'm done with this. This is not what I want to do. Uh, if, if, if that's what we do, well, I could be at the office and doing it for them basically. Um, Got it. So uh, um, you go through, you manage the low poly of everything as well. Lay out the UVs. Yeah. Um, do you put this in substance? Do you do the texturing at all? Yeah, uh, I do the substance thing. Uh, well, the substance thing, I mean the texturing, uh, yeah. which is, uh, I think it's the, thing I'm suck at the most. Uh, I wouldn't even say suck at, but I don't put too much, I don't put a lot of time in it. Uh, it's my biggest mistake. I put a lot of time in the high poly and then the low poly gets a decent amount of time. Yeah. But then I want to rush the textures. I'm like, okay, I'm done with this. And it's a it's a bad thing. Uh, it's something I at this moment I can't show anything. But on the project I'm working on now, I'm really trying to balance that thing out. So uh, basically I, I noticed that it's not the high poly that counts, it's the final game asset that counts. So right. um but the nice thing is that machine is we got some really good texture artists like I Sanchez and uh, Ben Wilson that mm. uh, they make some really good smart materials as well. And uh, it's it's like, it's not like giving in a ticket, but you could just talk to them and be like, hey, could you make smart material like work for 
the vehicle base paint or something and they just do something and like oh does this work for you i'm like oh, okay this works i'm just going to tweak it a bit um so it, it's not like we don't have texture artists but you are responsible for your own assets from a to z uh basically okay um, and it's a nice thing i think and to get it to a certain point but does a texture artist come in then and add that extra bit at the end or no 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 that doesn't happen um oh so what do the texture artists do uh, we don't really have the texture artist position, but uh, we got people that really love doing textures, mm. and they just totally they just like oh let's make let me make some smart materials for you or some tiling materials yeah. that way. Uh, like, like the texture guy not, in the office, that that's just the thing they like. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, it's not like I would love to just hand off my low point and be like you texture because <laughs> I know it would be ten times better. Because every time I'm like fuck, I should have so much more time in texture. Uh, and I would, that's something I would uh, suggest to all your students. Uh, if you're going to do an asset, go the full pipeline. Uh, put as much time in the high poly as you put in the low poly as in the texturing. Uh, well, even I would even say put more time in the texturing because that's the thing you're going to see in game. Nobody gives a shit about the high poly. Um, yeah, that's. Uh, but I think that's the nice thing about machine games as well. Uh, you're responsible for your own asset. Uh, if you fuck up, if you make a complicated high poly, well, you're going to be the one having to deal with it. <laughs> so, yeah. Right, yeah. Awesome. All right. So uh, let's get some questions out there. Uh, Sari is asking if you make your textures, and I think we answered that a little bit. You do and are responsible. Uh, Gregory, do you mind stating your question again? And uh, I'll be able to kind of push that forward. It's like, okay, we got our timelines down and we go from there. And uh, all right. So if you, if you have time, I would love to get your eyes on some people's work. So we'll turn off the podcast audience and go right over to people's yeah. work. I'd love to get some crits on that. Um, so perfect. Post some links, folks, uh, for any work that you want commented. Make sure it's an ArtStation link. Um, if it's an Artist Awake link, then I'll, I can certainly uh, just share my screen, actually. So we do it that way. Uh, okay, Gregory's asking, do you study mechanics to improve secondary, uh, tertiary shapes? Like, how do you really develop your vocabulary for these forms? Uh, when it comes to that, I, I got this really good. It's the one actually that I opened accidentally. It's called Prime Portal. Um, this is a website where like, I think they have like almost all the vehicles you can imagine. So uh, if you go to the main website, uh, you can see you can add the S to get the battlefield, the army. So let's go to the battlefield. You can just say, oh, I want the armored vehicle, soft skin. Uh, and then you just got almost all the vehicles you can think of. Wow. And if you'll, they, they're like super high as pictures. I don't even know how to take them. Like, <laughs> like, like from the, come on. Uh, there's like you see how long it takes to load they're like massively big so um that's what i do first of all i gather a lot of reference sometimes if i for personal work I would, if i make like a, a jet i'm working a vehicle at the moment mm -hmm. see if i have it i would maybe spend like a week gathering reference just to make sure that once i i start modeling and i'm like at a certain point i don't find something cool and like oh, damn it if i just would have found this sooner um if it comes to mechanics, I would just go on YouTube and see how stuff works. Like, for example, I was making a, a jet and I was like, oh, I need, I need to see how the wings work or how, yeah, how everything connects with each other. Mm -hmm. uh, and I want to show you this. What I do as well is, and I think this is something I just, well, it's not something I discovered, but um, something I started to use more and more often is uh, I would start uh, animating myself just to see if things work, basically. Uh, it just basically, uh, I've got a slave and... Uh, slave and so it's basically uh, connecting pieces up and saying which one has to follow which mm -hmm. uh, just to see if things work and it's something I'm starting to do at the office as well just to see if it's going to work for the gigging uh, department or the animation departments just to make sure they don't have they don't get headaches um, it's basically preventing problems before they arise uh, I mean it's super easy to see oh this is going to clip or this doesn't make sense or whatever oh yeah uh, of course uh, same for the landing gear are you doing simple parenting or do you develop a rig at all or no, no, it's it's painting. That's it. It's uh, it's not a game. Um, <laughs> I don't have the patience for that. 
but it's basically like uh so yeah if it comes to uh finding stuff out i just go on youtube to hope to find something about that functionality how wings work how landing gear falls up or basically like last time i found that uh, uh, a guy a pilot who actually every week gives a, a podcast about how about a v, about the uh, airplanes and he just takes questions and he just explains stuff which is i think it's always helps just to understand the subject you you're going to model um I know like when somebody plays the game, nobody cares about that stuff. Like they're just gonna shoot and not look at like the tuplets, but I you spend so much time on it. But in the game, most people just go past it. So uh at the same time don't go too do too deep in it. But um it can't it, it doesn't hurt to just see if things work, uh just by animating and uh Oh nice. Yeah. I love that. So uh Edison's asking about how what you know the future of vehicle artists in the market. So like um Edison's a very skilled modeler. So uh what kind of jobs are out there for vehicle artists and um is that a, a something for somebody to kind of focus on? Well to be honest, I don't have the vehicle art position a vehicle position at machine games. A lot of people think I'm the vehicle artist, but yeah. I do robots, I do uh, complicated things. Mm-hmm. But I think if you say vehicles, it just means you could have a hard surface, yeah. I would say. Uh, makes sense. No, basically know how to handle clean topology, sure. uh, complicated shapes. Uh, but I would say, uh, don't be afraid to be a vehicle artist. <laughs> I just see somebody saying that on the chat. I'm afraid of being a vehicle artist. But don't be. Uh, that's a nice thing. I make One week I'm making vehicles. The other week I'm making, I'm making a robot. Uh, next week I'm making a gigantic elevator. Um, I, I think saying, giving, you the say, giving yourself the title vehicle artist just limits your your range of possibilities. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's why I, I, I hope I can keep the title to the artist because it says, well, it basically says everything and says nothing. It says, I'm good at modeling and that's it. Uh, I can model a robot. I can model. <laughs> there we go. I, I suck, yeah, I mean, I, I suck at uh, organic stuff, but uh, that's that's me not being good at, at sculpting. But um, don't be afraid to be of vehicles, I would say. Uh, but don't don't just say, I only want to make vehicles. Say, I want to make hard surface things or I want to do organic stuff. That's that's what I would say. I think that should be clear from the beginning if you make a portfolio. Like, are you going to be hard surface? It can be organic. Are you going to be cactus? I think that's way more important than being, I want to be the robot artist. I want to be the vehicle artist. I want to be the gun artist, if that makes any sense. Uh, yeah. Because yeah, at think... the end, hard is all the same principle, topology. Uh, yeah. That's great. So what do what do they have to show in their portfolio to really communicate this? Because sometimes we hear from people don't show topology and then some people say show topology. Um, you know, what kind, what should we show if we want to just be a 3D artist and, and kind of tell people that we can do this, you know, that we're badass at yeah. the modeling side? At the same time, I, I get that. Like some people say don't show topology, some say do. I like to see topology. It shows me that you at least know the basics so you, you understand how things work. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for me, it's time, an easy way to see how somebody thinks about things. So you, you Exactly. Know. Yeah. Uh, what I did when I was a student, I would uh, do paint. I would take a, a picture of a car and I would put it in Photoshop and I would draw lines over it just to see how the flow would work. Mm. And that's how I would know... Um, uh how the topology would be like i would basically paint the topology on top of a picture Mm -hmm. um and then i would just see if it worked at the same time i get that a lot of people say we don't care about topology because it's it's game mode um you can always if 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 it's a bit ugly in the bake you can always just smudge it a bit or pinch it or whatever Mm -hmm. uh the normal map um so i would say i like i'm really like all my hypotheses are really clean topology i i i I don't have any problem showing any of the models and they will all have clean topology because i don't use booleans or i don't use edge shades and all that stuff but i don't think i need to show it um 
But if it comes to actually showing what you should show as a hard surface, I would say just show complicated shapes, basically. Don't. Mm-hmm. That's why I like cars so much, because every car has different shapes, and one is more difficult than the other one. Um, but that's at the same time, I think as a student, you... It's strange to say that maybe, but as a student or as a as being starting out as an artist, I don't think you develop the, the sense of making complicated or interesting shapes yet. Uh, that makes any sense. I knew when I was a student, I would not come up with shapes like this. Let's, I just have one open. I would, I would not have come up with these shapes um, or even know how they would work or whatever. Um, that's one thing. But as a student, I would just say, uh, try to find the real, real, guys, real life uh hard surface shapes that you like. And that's why our cars are such a good example. Um, yeah, um, I don't know if, I don't, does that answer your question a bit? <laughs> I think so, yeah. Okay, let me take a quick look. Okay, just going through, all right. All right, guys, thank you so much. And uh, Matthias, thank you so much for, for taking the time out yeah. and, um, and for you know giving us all that insight into your process. It's, you know, I love your work and um, it's yeah, just no problem. You know, I'm- so much detail. Thank you. And uh, I must say, if any students uh, want to contact me uh, or have any questions, uh, feel free to send me an email uh, with, with questions or hit me on our station, whatever. Uh, I'm always, maybe I'm not going to reply immediately, but uh, I have no problem helping students out. So. All right. Because well, I think I, after I was a student, I was a student myself. Uh, so. <laughs> yeah, and you had to, yeah. you basically self-taught. You know, you went to. Yeah, it's something, um, it's, it's maybe strange to brag about that, but I'm pretty proud of the fact that I made it on my own, if that makes any sense. Uh, I, I, don't get me wrong, I have a lot of respect for people who get a degree and go to school and stuff, but at the same time, I think it, learning something on your own really shows dedication. Yep. And that's why, that's why I want to see it when I see portfolios. I want to see people practice. I want to see people working their asses off. Uh, and I, I don't mind if they have maybe 60 pieces on the portfolio and 30 are shit. If I see progress and I see they're practicing and getting better and they ask for feedback and they listen to feedback, for me, that is way more important than having somebody that is maybe really good or like kick ass at something. Because uh, I don't know, uh, you can you can be really good, but getting stuck in, in your own work, that's something I'm a bit, at the moment, I'm a bit stuck at uh, the work I'm doing. I I, I want to, just like students, I, I want to keep moving forward a bit. I want to learn stuff. Uh, yeah. Awesome. Well, that's a great place to, yeah. to tie a bow in this. <laughs> Thank you, man. So glad. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Take care, guys. Have an amazing weekend. Uh, Matthias, thanks again so much. Talk to you guys there. Yeah, no problem. Have a good time as well. All Bye. Right. Bye. All right, so I want to thank you so much for being here and taking the time to listen to this podcast. And I want to ask a couple of things from you. Number one, make sure you leave a comment or you rate this on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever that you're listening to this. It really makes a big difference in helping us get the word out and to help people understand what we do. The other thing is I want to make sure that you know where to find us. Head over to www.vertexschool.com to learn about all the programs that we have for creatives. Our job at Vertex School is to teach you new skills in creative tech and help you get a job that matters to you. We lock in on the specific skills and triggers that people are looking for in the industry and what you need to do to prove that you can do this job. We're taking applications right now, so make sure that you head over to www.vertexschool.com and apply today. All right, again, thank you so much for being here. Have an amazing day.